Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast. We share personal experiences so we can learn from each other. Our mission is to talk about things you might relate to, but that you don't hear being discussed in other places. Our hope is that you're encouraged to have honest conversations with people in your own life. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation titled, They Told Me Not to Cry. Then we'll share a slice of life and the show will close with questions for reflection. We will invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life. So Steph, you actually do talk about this in your book, Discovering My Scars, where you had an incident where you where you did self-harm, non-suicidal self-injury, NSSI. We've talked about that. And, but actually, when you went to the hospital to receive treatment for the cut, there was a nurse who was like, don't cry about this. You did this to yourself. <laughs> right? What was that about? Um, yeah, so when I was in my hotel, my um, dorm room, they wrapped up my arm because um, it was bleeding. And then they took me to a mental hospital and they, the nurse there unwrapped my arm to look at it. And she looked really disgusted at it. And she just kind of left it open and it, it was bleeding and it hurt. It really did hurt. And that was the first time I looked at it. And so I, you know, the overwhelming emotions that happen when you see that amount of blood, you feel that pain uh, or that I felt, um, I started to cry and she just looked at me disgusted and was like, why are you crying? You did this to yourself and um, don't cry, you know, mm. stop crying, all of those things. And I can't remember exactly if I stopped crying right away or right. if I just was like super offended and cried even more, just being right. sad not to be told not to cry. Um, but crying is, it's an interesting thing because um, I grew up looking at crying as a weakness, right. a weakness, something that shows that you have something wrong, that it, it's a bad thing. Crying is a bad thing. And when I started therapy and um, when I was in my 19, 18, 19, I was talking about some really heavy things to my therapist. And she was like, and, and if I would start to get choked up, I wouldn't allow myself to cry. Mm-hmm. And one, one day she said, why, why can't you cry? And I was like, I mean, I don't, I, it's, I'm not supposed to cry. Like I need to compose myself. She's like, no, why, why won't you allow yourself to cry? I was like, I need to be strong. Right. And she broke down all of those things. Um, first of all, crying is not a sign of weakness. What I basically learned, crying is a strength. Crying is mm. important. And what she really, she literally had me practice crying. She's like, your assignment is to go home and cry and allow yourself to cry. Because Ooh, I don't think I would like that assignment. <laughs> it, no, I despised it completely. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, but it was really important because it's it's a practice that is important to do. Um, what I learned is crying is cleansing. Like yeah. just like uh, rain cleanses the earth, you know, it cleans things, smells go away, things grow. It's cleansing and it's nourishing. And that's what crying does for ourselves is it gets things out. It literally gets things out. It cleanses us. And then we can, and then you can move on and those things don't kind of hold you back. And so that's what I learned through allowing myself to cry. I will say I don't cry often and I don't take that as a pride thing. Like, Oh, I don't cry a lot. That's great. I don't look at it that way anymore. I think crying is very important and it's important to let people cry. That's something that's Mm -hmm. happened recently. I have a family member that is just really ill and really um, struggling with that as any human being would. And her nurses are telling her when she starts to cry and get emotional, don't cry, don't cry. And we turn around and say, cry. Yeah, this is, this is sad. And this is huge in your life. And 
you need to cry. And crying is totally natural. Exactly. But, we, but we act like it's something that should be stopped. I've actually seen that in my family too, um, with the younger, with the youngest family mm-hmm. members. It's like we have a we've been spending a lot of time with um my great niece and she's three. You know, she'll cry and the family's reaction is like, Oh, don't cry. Yeah. Or stop that. You know, I'm like, Why? Yeah. Why does she need to stop? Like just let this child have her feelings yeah. because when you bottle them up, they're only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. They're only going to get bigger and they're going to wait for you. And I mean, there are times where I just think, um, you know what? I just really need a good cry yeah. and I get it out and then I feel better. Yeah. And I, I don't need anybody to be in that with me. You know, it's not, I'm not crying for some manipulative purpose or something. Yeah. It's really just about getting that emotion out so that then I can actually kind of process my feelings. Yeah. Yeah, and I see that with um, I see that with kids. Yeah, where yeah. it's like you know, stop crying. It's like ki- kids have big feelings. Right. We have big feelings, and that sometimes that's the only way that you can handle them. And we see that as adults. Sometimes that is the way that we need to handle them is to cry about them. And I don't see it as any sign of weakness at all. I think um, I think it's a strength to be able to cry and allow that. Uh, but I don't I don't know that that's seen universally that way. What do you think? No, I think you're right. I think that it's just like you're saying, like with the caregivers, with where your relative is now, like they're there. They see it and they're like, oh, this has to be stopped or yeah. just a, um, a lack of tolerance for emotion in general. Like it's unseemly to have that much emotion show around mm-hmm. other people. I do see it as a sign of distress. So a couple of weeks ago, I was driving near my near the church where I serve and there was a woman literally sitting on the curb on the side of the road weeping I mean like sobbing like her whole body was shaking like you know you know that big big kind of cry and so I pulled over right and I was like hey is there anything that I can do to help you and she said no there isn't anything that you can do and I said okay well I have a cell phone you could use, or I could take you somewhere, or, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor at that church there. I could take you there. I could take you somewhere else, any, anything that you need. And she said, no, really, I'm going to be okay. I just need to do this. I was like, okay, I saw her crying. She was in distress. I wasn't trying to stop her from crying, but I did, I didn't want to ignore what seemed to be distress either. So maybe that's part of that idea of, oh, don't cry. It's like, oh, I want to make this better. I want to be less uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm wondering is, do we tell people not to cry because we're uncomfortable? Yeah. Is that really why we're telling someone not to cry? Is it we are uncomfortable with the witnessing the crying or, you know, and I would agree. I would agree that it's a sign of distress that something is wrong. But as you were talking about that, I was thinking if you saw someone, you know, fall from the monkey bars and you heard a crack yeah, and you in your head knew they broke their arm and they started to cry. Would you tell them to stop crying? No way. <laughs> and what's interesting, what's interesting is when people cry and there's no physical obvious what they're crying about, we tell them to stop crying. Yeah. But it's the same thing. If they're having some kind of mental struggle, mental distress, that distress is the same as a broken arm. Yet you wouldn't tell someone with a broken arm to start stop crying. That would be, you know, right. that would make no sense to tell them. It's like obviously this hurts. Yes. Well, when your heart hurts, you have to cry. And why yeah. are we why are we so uncomfortable with that that we can't just let that be? Well, that's why the nurse telling you not to cry because you did it to yourself is such a weird thing for her to have said because obviously <laughs> you were in 
physical pain. Yeah. That was very apparent. And also you were in emotional distress. That's what caused this. Yeah. And so to be like, well, you did this to yourself. I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it did not help the situation at all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I. <laughs> and again, that's a reflection of her discomfort yes. mm-hmm. rather than her thinking about what you as the patient needed. Yeah. My memory was it was disgusting looking. And so she was probably very like taken aback. Although she is a nurse. Right. <laughs> and I would assume you've seen bad things before. Right. Um, and I would assume you maybe had a class on like bedside manner, but maybe not. Maybe I not. don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe she forgot everything she learned in the class. Yeah, it's hard, I, hard to say. I don't know. Maybe she hard was upset say. that she had to work there. She would rather work in a hospital. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I also have have... I have done this myself and I have and I have been with people when they have done it where like something kind of gets to me and I start to cry and then I go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm crying. Yeah. You know, or especially like especially with my husband, I've had to I, I've, I know that I have done that many times. I've been like, OK, I know I'm crying and I know that that freaks you out, but you just have to let me. I'm just sorry I'm crying. I'm just going to, you know, like try to get myself under control somehow. Why do we have to apologize for yeah, crying? Why do we do that? Why do we have to do that? That is something that I hear a lot from people is either it's either the person witnessing it says stop crying or the Mm -hmm. person crying says I'm sorry for crying. Mm -hmm. And actually, when people say sorry for crying to me, I say, no, go for it. Like, this is important. Crying is important. That's what that's my go to is just to reassure them that crying is okay. And and I mean, I think that especially a woman, women uh, where just say sorry way too much. (laughs) Right. Right. For sure. For all the things. Um, But. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to ever be sorry for crying. I would, you know, we'll put an asterisk on this is I think many things can be manipulative. Like people can use them to manipulate. And yes, crying, someone could use that to manipulate someone, but that's not what we're talking about. We're we're not talking about crying to manipulate someone. We're not talking about saying something to manipulate. Not at all. You know, those that's anything, anything can be used to manipulate and people with you know, sociopaths, things like that. That's something that mm-hmm. um, they would do, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about crying because crying is important. Right. <laughs> Just like, um, you know, there's so many things in life that are important to do. You know, before I go kayaking, I stretch because I, mm. you know, if I don't, then I get all like uncomfortable. You know, there's things that we know are important to our life and um, and crying is one of those things. I think that one of the one of the things behind the apology is that somehow my emotion, my release of emotion is somehow going to burden whoever I'm crying in front of. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to get better at not picking up other people's emotions or making them think that we're trying to pick them yeah. up, right? Because your emotions are yours and and they're not a burden to me. I learned I think I learned that really well when I was working in the spiritual care department at the hospital. I got a lot of of practice at letting people have their feelings and knowing that I didn't need to fix it and I didn't have any responsibility for it. I just was, I needed to be a safe space for that feeling to happen. You know, Uh, I think if we were better at that, generally speaking, there would probably be less apologizing for crying. Yeah. I think that's a powerful thing is to allowing people the space to cry um, when my grandmother was here a couple weeks before she passed away, she was emotional. My grandfather had passed away yeah. a couple months before and she would, she would cry and she would cry about it and she would apologize. And I continued to say what I say, like, no cry, 
please cry. This is important. Yes. And I mean, I sat there wanting to cry myself, but also knowing like, I want to be strong for her in this moment. And I cried later. Um, but I mean, I sat there as she held my hand and told me about my puppy who passed away in her arms. And it's like, it was a lot, but it was something that she needed to get out. And, um, and I allowed that to happen. And I'm really glad that I was able to be there and, and allow that because I could tell she hadn't, she hadn't allowed herself to be, get to that place and right. hadn't, you know, gotten that out. So, right. And you, and you were choosing to hold back your own tears, not because you thought there was something wrong with your tears, but because you were creating a space for her emotion. Yeah. yeah. And if I needed, and I mean, I did get teary eyed sure. um, because I mean, it was, it was powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, but knowing that I wanted, this was for her. And that's something that's really important that I don't know that we as just in society, like we truly understand like the power of sitting with somebody right. and being quiet and just being that presence, like presence, just having a person there is mm. so important. And I think that's, I, I think in my experience, men don't do a great job of that. I think there's something in them that they want to fix the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't, I think it's not in their nature to just sit there and be quiet. Um, I think women maybe are a little bit better at that. Not saying all women, not saying, you know, I right, do right, think right. it's a, I think it's a skill and a practice. Um, my mom actually was trained as a Stephen minister yes, at um, a, a church, church yeah. and a Stephen, and they have them in multiple churches, but basically Stephen minister is somebody that uh, when you've had some kind of tragic life event or something kind of traumatic happen, like a loss of a mm -hmm. spouse or a child or something like that, a Stephen minister is there to sit with you and just let you cry. Yeah. And they're not there to fix anything. Right. They're just they're there, not there to, to counsel you. Exactly. They're not counselors. They're really just there to create that space. Mm -hmm for you to have the emotions that yeah. are coming. Yeah. And there was a lot of training. I mean, hours and hours of training that she went through. Mm -hmm. Um, and she still uses her Stephen minister skills, uh, a lot just with friends and family. And, um, and I think those, I think that kind of training is, would good be good for all of us to learn right. and how to sit and listen to someone and allow that space. Uh, cause it's hard. It's, it is a skill. It's something we have to actively do, which seems strange, but you have to actively, be willing to sit and listen and be in that emotional space with somebody. Yeah. You know what I don't like about myself? I don't like that sometimes when I get mad, I cry. Mm. Because I do think that if I cry when I'm angry, I do feel like that's a uh, weakness mm. rather than really harnessing my emotion. Like sometimes I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but my husband and I were in a car accident, we got somebody ran a red light and ran into us. This was a couple years ago. And I have a lot of experience with insurance companies. I have a lot of experience with insurance companies after car accidents because of my, because of when I was um, in law school, that was, that was my job uh, at the law firm I worked at. And then after law school too. So I have a lot of experience with that, but I could not get the adjuster to understand what I was saying. And it made me so angry and I felt like the adjuster was trying to really give me the runaround and I got so angry that I cried when I was on the phone with her and I was like oh I cannot believe I am crying <laughs> you know this is not what I want to convey I want to convey strength mm. not not sadness not weakness not you know whatever 
I don't know. Do you ever cry when you get mad? Well, anger is an emotion. Yeah. And so it makes sense that you have so much anger that you just can't even handle it. And so it comes yes. out as crying. Um, do I cry when I'm mad? Uh, I can't think of like specific examples of crying when I'm mad. Usually when I cry, um, I see it as unresolved something, something that's unresolved. Right. And that's what I learned um, in, in therapy. I learned that was when I first, well, when I first told my therapist about a lot of different things, but like usually the first time saying it out loud, I would cry right. through it. And, um, and the second time I would cry through it. And that usually when I cry through telling a story mm -hmm. or something, that means that I haven't fully dealt with it, haven't fully forgiven, haven't fully yes. um, processed, which there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That is very important. First step is to cry through something. Yes. Um, but I, um, how, how I know that I fully dealt with some, something is when I don't cry through it. And that's something that kind of writing my book was a very therapeutic thing because I had to write it and read it and write it and read it. And it was a lot. And so um, I could probably read my whole book without crying because, because I've dealt with it so many, yeah. so many times. I mean, I will get choked up telling stories and things like that because it is emotional. Like right. there's no getting around that. But if I can keep myself composed, that's how I know that I fully dealt with something. Mm. Again, it's not to say that because you cry over something that, you know, you're weak because you haven't dealt with something. But I think it is something for us to be mindful of is if we are getting emotional about something that maybe we haven't fully dealt with it. Like in your yeah. case, maybe you were crying at the insurance adjuster because you hadn't fully dealt with the emotions of being rear-ended and going through, um, you know, the trauma of all of that and having to deal with all right. that. Who wants to deal with all the accident stuff? Right. Like that's a lot. And you may have had some pain from it that like, different pains scare me. And yeah. So there might've been fear in that. So there may have been other things that were compiling that brought you to tears over that. It wasn't just that you're angry that they couldn't understand you. Right. It may have been more, more things on top of that. I think it's pretty standard that people typically will like, if they hold emotions in, they will then explode over something very tiny. Yeah. Like the, the person at the, you know, McDonald's, they'll yell right. at them because they're angry about many other things than, right. um, than the one thing that, the, that happened. Yeah. I think you're right too, though, that crying can be a, a, a signal that there's something there that can be worked on. Yeah. You know, there's an emotion there that, that needs to be thought through or dealt with or addressed or, you know, not just shoved back down yeah. to wait until it pops up again, yeah. but to just go ahead and deal with it. Do you think there's times or places that it's appropriate to cry at versus not? Oh, I, I, oh, I don't know. I started to say yes. And then I was like, well, I can think of, of like times uh, like at weddings. I always cry at weddings. Yeah. Right. They're just, oh, yeah, so, that seems very appropriate. They're so beautiful. And, and it's so sweet that these people are making this commitment. And, you know, so like that's, that seems appropriate. But I don't know that I can think of an inappropriate. I think church is almost expected that you cry at. Like, I think if, man, I love it when people cry when I preach. Ah! <laughs> that's such a weird thing to say, probably, but it just is, a, it shows that they're, that they're listening and that somehow, I mean, in, in my my take on faith, my faith tradition, I would say it's like the, the Holy Spirit is moving and then it's, you know, working in them. And so that's so powerful to see. Um, when I was a lawyer and I would depose people, I loved to make people cry because mm -hmm. for all the wrong reasons, because I was like, oh, I'm 
I'm so tough. You know, I made him cry. Um, I, I'm different now. I'm, I'm different now. See, I see it differently. But an inappropriate time to cry or place to cry. There's this part of this little part of me that's going to kind of contradict everything that we've said today, which is I don't really think people should like walk through the grocery store just bawling because <laughs> let's break this down. So if she started by saying should. Okay. Right. Number two. Right. Um, because maybe, maybe it would be better for everyone, including the person having the emotion mm -hmm. to kind of take a break, have the emotion and then return to grocery shopping. You know, what's really cool is that people have all this time to just plan their emotions <laughs> and be like, okay, this is when I'm going to be emotional. I'm envisioning, Fair enough. I'm envisioning a mom with three kids in the cart one screaming, the one's pulling the other's hair. She can't find the the formula that it maybe the formula is not there that she needs. And she just bursts out crying there because yeah. all of that has just and everyone's looking at her. Yes. That's what I'm envisioning when you're talking about this. And I think that's completely appropriate. That would be that would be appropriate. <laughs> that would be okay. Although also she should get Instacart. But yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Another <laughs> another huge place of privilege, too. The first place of privilege was just plan your emotions, okay? And you, because you have time with those three kids to plan your times to be emotional. Yeah. There's the bathroom, so go in there. Number two, um, Instacart, because it's very reasonable for everyone to have Instacart. Obviously, she has the time to sit there and pick all the things on Instacart and have it come to her house and the money wow. to do it. You know, I gotcha. I gotcha. We're all coming the, from different all places. The, all the time that that um, when I was in that phase of life, all the time that my friends spent clipping their coupons, they could have spent having their emotions. Just saying. Wow, <laughs> it's interesting because I have no context to screaming kids, and yet I can feel for this lady that's crying. I see this lady. I feel for her. I'm going to walk past her and not judge her. Right. I wouldn't walk past her. I would offer to help. And well, I, there's nothing I could do to help that situation. Yeah, yeah. I would see this and there was nothing I could really do. If there was something that was obvious that I could do to help the situation. I think if the situation was obvious of why she's emotional. Um, but if there was if I thought there was something I could do, I probably would say something. But I've been in the store where there's a crying kid and it's loud and it's super annoying. But I also know that sometimes kids cry. Right. You can't go on their schedule 24 seven. And sometimes it's their nap time or sometimes they didn't nap and they're just going to cry. Right. And they're not bad parents. No. And no. so I try to always assume positive intent with these parents to be like, they are trying their best. I wish that kid would stop crying, but there's nothing I can do. And me saying something is not going to help the situation. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help. So is there any example you can think of of where crying is inappropriate? I think there's a lot of places society would say crying is not appropriate. But I personally try to look at crying in a different way than the way that society looks at it. So I personally can't think of an example of where I'd be like, oh, you need to stop crying. This is inappropriate right now. There's times when it's annoying, especially like when a kid's crying on a plane or something. Um, well, when you worked at Apple, you were... A supervisor, right? Yeah. So what if you had an employee that came to work every day and just cried the, their way all the way through their shift? What would you do? I would do what I do with my nibblings. Um, sometimes they, you know, and kids will cry over a lot of sure. things, you know, 
And so if they're crying, if they just got upset about something that, you know, just, I, you know, I don't know what the situation would be, but you know, we will tell them it's okay to cry. You can have your big feelings, but go to the other room. Oh, really? So don't keep walking the aisles in Publix with your crying self? (laughs) Well, go to another room. (laughs) (laughs) There's some behavioral issues with some of the some of the kids and um, they will tend to use crying as a manipulation tactic at times and they'll tend to use it as a way to get attention. So um, I think that's important as a child. Like we're we're talking more adult. But so if you were so you're so an employee at, uh at Apple who comes to work and just cries and cries and cries all through their shift, what would you do? I would have them go to another room and compose themselves. Yeah. And spend it's some not time. appropriate. Well, it, you can't f- do your job when you're, when you are crying constantly. Yeah. I mean, I would recognize, I would, I would recognize that something's going on. I would, you know, ask what I would talk to them as whatever had would be appropriate as a supervisor, supervisor in that situation. But I would give them a time to go uh, work those work on those emotions compose themselves and then let me know when they're back ready to come back on the floor that's what I would do I wouldn't be like stop crying oh my gosh what are you doing <laughs> um I don't I can't think if we had that issue um yeah no I was just I feel like we we probably did have like one-offs where a customer would maybe be really mean mm-hmm. well we had a lot of mean customers but mm-hmm. yeah I mean we would go in the back and people we would That's be crying. Yeah. yeah, we would be crying. <laughs> but we didn't even have to explain that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I saw that. Go cry. Oh, my gosh. Um, go take your 15. You're good. Oh. And that's what we would do Go a lot take of your time. 15. Go cry off the clock, please. No, that's what we would do a lot of times. If we saw someone had a really hard, a hard interaction or something, we'd be like, you know, we would see it and we'd be like, you know, go take your break. You're good. Um, I'll, you know, I'll cover this or whatever. Like yeah. that was something that we would just typically do. Not necessarily that they were crying about it, but something that was just yeah heavy and they need to maybe probably emotionally take, take some time with. Um, I mean, I cried at work. I would, and that was really tough because I had to figure out how do I cry when no one sees me crying and I would like run to the bathroom and I would take my 15 and they wouldn't even know it. But, um, that was before I really understood a lot of, um, a lot of darkness that I had in my past that mm-hmm. was coming out in different ways. And before I understood the importance of crying and was just mad at myself that I was crying. But maybe, maybe it's, maybe we could say it's inappropriate to cry. It's not, I don't think we want to say it's inappropriate to cry at work, but like if you're working retail and you're crying in a way that prevents you from doing your job, mm-hmm. that would be inappropriate. I don't think it would be appropriate to cry during your whole shift at work. Yeah. I mean, I think it, that would be a pretty extreme thing. I think it would be important for your supervisor to recognize that and to, to give you space to be separated or even, you know, if you're, if, if you're having that bad of a day, I probably would tell him, um, just tell him to go home, like not in a mean way, but just, you know, take the, day. take the, take the day, you know, we'll, we'll get you covered that kind of thing. And we would, we would have that with, um, you know, people just, you have bad days, yeah, things sure. come up or you get a text about something. And yeah, so I, um, yeah, I think that would be appropriate. Are there people that you know that just cry at the drop of a hat in your life? Or are you that person? I'm not that person <laughs> right now, but I think there have probably have been seasons where I was like, where I would cry at the drop of a hat or I'd see 
you know, something on TV or hear a song or something. And it would, it would, you know, bring tears to my eyes. And I can, I can remember a season where my husband and his sister teased my mother-in-law about, you know, her being an easy cry. Mm. But I think that was, I think that has, I don't think that's always been true. I don't think it's true now. I think it was just whatever was situationally happening at the time. I remember some people I worked with at the church would be really quick to cry over mm. things. Um, just, just anything like happy, sad, all the, all the things. Yes. Um, and, and I don't know. I just, it was just something like about certain people. It's just like, that was their thing that they would cry and it wasn't manipulative. It was just like, that was very, that's how they dealt with any kind of emotion was yes. they would cry. Um, which you know, I don't think is a, is a bad thing. I think people, I think some people maybe need to cry more than others. I can't right. say whether that crying specifically is like a sign of something you haven't dealt with. I think there may be different levels of crying. Mm. I'm not somebody that cries. I mean, I'll get teary eyed at like movies, mm -hmm. um, you know, certain movies and things, but I, I wouldn't say that I, I don't just like bust out crying for lots of different things. It has to be, Right. You know, I mean, um, I cried at the finale of the latest season of the Great British Bake Off. So I probably don't have any room to talk. Well, I did pretty emotional. Cry? What was emotional about it? Well, spoiler alert. I'm going to say who won. So if you this is important to you, you might want to skip ahead 30 seconds. So Giuseppe won. They had a whole thing about him telling his parents his dad had been a baker um, and so it was like his hobby was what his dad had done professionally and his, his dad, you know, was elderly and, and not in good health. And so he was crying as he was talking about his father and it, it, it made me cry because it was so precious. And I don't know, maybe part of what got me with that particular example too, was that it was a man showing so much emotion because I do think mm. that it's, um, less common to see men crying or getting emotional about, you know, their families or their fathers or how great their fathers were like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I just saw this like old show from the nineties yesterday, last night. And there was, they were watching like a sad movie or something. And one of the, like the big guys was crying. And the other guy said to him like, wow, I've never seen your feminine side. <laughs> and oh, so the crying was the feminine. Yes, side? And I oh, was like, word. so offended by this nineties <laughs> thing. I was like, this is why I can't watch 90s stuff anymore. Um, but I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to rewrite this whole thing and then do it all again with mm -hmm. the correct, like, um, uh, because I think that is something that men have been taught like their whole lives is like crying is a, is a feminine, a girl thing. It's yes. crying is an, a human thing, human thing. Crying is right. something that we all humans need to do. Yes. But I do think that it is a, um, I think it's more socially acceptable for a woman to cry than it is a man. Mm. I want to see that change because men need to cry just as much as women. Um, we all have emotions and things that we need to work out. So, how how is that different from gender to gender um so i do think we need to be very i know i if a man was crying in front of me like i know that i want to be very intentional about how i handle it like mm -hmm. not but well i mean the most men that cry in front of me is usually my nibblings um but making it very clear that it's um 
totally natural, nothing wrong with it. You know, not putting any kind of stereotypical terms on that yeah. um, and allowing it to happen. Crying is important, allowing crying to happen. And, and crying is not always a sign of something that we need to fix. True. You know? True. And I think that's hard to, hard to understand and hard to sit there and just be yeah. and not fix it. I wonder if that's part of, of why men are basically taught not to cry because they are sort of the fix it. Um, and culturally that's how they're conditioned to be. And so it's like, well, you should fix this for yourself. Yeah. Like you lack self-sufficiency yeah. if you cry. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know why it has become that way, but um, I do want to see that change. And I think the change happens with us. I think by, um, if we continue to let society influence what we say and do in those situations, that we're going to continue to pe perpetuate that. But if we make the change and allow men to cry um, as much as we allow women to cry, allow both, let's allow all crying. Let's allow crying. Let's allow, crying. Let's allow human emotion. Yes. <laughs> so when's the last time you cried? The last time I cried was probably Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was like during the Thanksgiving time, but it was actually not on Thanksgiving day. And we had just had a house full of people for a long time. And I, mm. I was at my limit. I was Exhaustion. exhausted and um, wanted my space back. Like yeah. wanted my personal space back. We were on day eight Whoa. of house guests. And I just... In your house? Like overnight house guests. And I just people? was like um, two to three to five at the most. Mm. Uh, and I just, I just needed my space back. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I told him. I was like, I'm, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't apologize for crying. I apologized for, um, did I apologize? I don't even think I apologized. I was going to say, if I apologize, it was for not communicating my emotions in a better way, but I don't think I even did that. I think I just cried and was, and, and said, this is why. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes. Can everyone please go home now? Yeah. Please leave. <laughs> I'm emotionally exhausted. Yes. Please leave. Yeah. Have you ever cried when you were preaching? Yes. How did you feel about that? I felt terrible about it. Oh no. I was very unhappy with myself. Um, so in, I don't even remember the years now because it was pre-pandemic. So it was a million billion years ago, but it was the year that the United Methodist church met in its international meeting in general conference. And I really thought that we were going to do away with what is sort of called the traditional plan, which is that there's a part in our book of discipline that says the practice of homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching and I thought we were going to get rid of it and we didn't. And uh, the next Sunday when I talked to my congregation about it in my sermon, I was crying. I, I cried about it and I apologized to them. I was like, I'm really sorry. And afterwards a woman came up to me and she was like, you don't have to apologize for crying mm -hmm. when you're preaching. And I was like, well, actually <laughs> that moment is not supposed to be about me. And that's why I apologized. Um, but you're only human, but I'm only human. And so, yeah, you know who wept? It was a tough day. Jesus wept. Jesus I think that's wept. what we should have called this episode. Jesus wept. <laughs> so you can too. <laughs> yeah. If you need anything higher to look at, uh, Jesus wept. I think you, you a little human can weep too. It's okay. Yeah. And not cry. Weep, weep. I think oh, weep yeah, is even wept. more 
than crying. Yeah, I think so too. Weeping is like, is ugly cry. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is cool, which is okay. Have you ever done a sermon about crying? No, I don't think I have. That'd be an interesting one. I bet there's crying in the Bible. Yeah, that would be interesting actually to go through and see when, when crying is expressed in the Bible. Hmm. Yeah, I might work on that. As we've been talking, I was thinking about, um, there's like this um, kind of cliche thing. Like if a, if a kid is messing with another kid um, and like, you know, bullies them or something. And then the bully's like, what, what you, you going to go home and cry about it? Mm, cry baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, but what I want to say is yes, a hundred percent. It's appropriate to go home and cry about it. And that's okay. So if that bully asks you say, yes, I am going to go home and cry about it. Cause I need to emotionally work this out. You would cry too. If it, if it happened, happened to, to you. you. We have a ton of fun making this podcast, and we love knowing that you have fun listening. Some of you have asked how you can support us in this work. Well, actually, there is something you can do. We're now on buymeacoffee.com. You can go there and become a monthly supporter or just buy us a one-time cup of coffee or tea for Steph. Yep. <laughs> to show our thanks for your support, we put PDFs of our questions for reflection, as well as pictures, outtakes, polls, and more. Your support helps cover production costs like professional transcripts we have made for every episode. And by the way, those are always available on our website with a link in each of the descriptions of the episodes. One of the great things about Buy Me A Coffee is that you actually get an email when we post new content. You can go straight there and you don't have to deal with ads or being bombarded with other content. You see exactly the content you're looking for without a bunch of distractions. We post once or twice for each episode and we're excited to get your feedback as members of our Buy Me A Coffee page. There's a support link in the description where you can find out more and to sign up. We also want to remind you that we have links in the description to both of our websites and um, that's where you can keep up with us, join our newsletters, and also there'll be links to our social media. Uh, we can keep up with what we're doing. Um, lately, I've been doing something not related to the podcast, but I've been kayaking and I love yeah. kayaking. So if you want to see some of my kayaking adventures, there'll be a link to my YouTube channel where I've been making some videos. And I also make videos about my awesome greyhounds because they are awesome and I love sharing them. So Greyhound content and kayaking content, two separate, completely separate things, <laughs> but uh, both are on my YouTube channel, uh, but no greyhounds in kayaks because oh, yeah, there's that too, many, like a good combination. too many legs can't make that happen. I'm sorry. And this is a time of year when I like to let people know that I have a Christmas Bible trivia that is pretty fun and um, you actually can pull it up and use it as like a little quiz on your phone. You could actually, I have it also set up if you wanted to do it in a zoom for some reason. Um, or if you just want to print it out and, and quiz people, it's uh, just eight questions, pretty short, but might be surprised what the Bible How actually do we find says it? about Christmas. Uh, you can find it at my website at bethdemi.com okay. and I'll put a link in the show notes. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Do you have any weird news for me? I probably should have saved the jump the shark thing oh. for my <laughs> for my slice of life. Um, Don't shit on you. It's okay. Yeah. The only other thing that comes to mind is that there's been a little bit of an uproar in France because their big dictionary has added a gender neutral pronoun. And apparently French is a very highly gendered language. Huh. But we were talking about, you know, men crying and women crying and how there could be perceptions about that that are different. So uh, I could put a link to that in the show notes what's as the, well. What's the word? How do you say it? It. Well, I'm not. I'm, 
I'm not fluent in French, actually. So, <laughs> okay. but it's sort of a combination of their two pronouns. Uh-huh. Um, so, like him and her, yeah. she and he, and so it it looks like it's pronounced like yell, okay, or yell. We should get a, a French person speaker in here, right, cool. to tell me what a great job I did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously. Um, I also wanted to give some weird. It's not weird, but it's just an observation. Um, I watch a lot of Disney YouTube videos. Don't know if I've mentioned that before, <laughs> but I do want to give props because Disney has been using a black Santa and I'm oh, loving good. it. Yeah. So if you will put a link to our Santa episode from last year or the year <laughs> before, I have some issues with the Santa concept. No one I, will be surprised you have issues. No one, no one who's listening will be surprised, <laughs> but I can get behind having a black Santa. I'm all about that. I love that. And, um, I approve. Universal has a white Santa, just saying. There were, when I went shopping after Thanksgiving, um, I only went to one store because I was exhausted, but um, I went to Hobby Lobby, which is not a store that I go to often, but I was very happy to see not only black angels depicted as part of Christmas, but also black Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah I thought that was great. I like to see all kinds of skin tones. Yes. All, all, actually, I could get rid of the white Santa. I'm like, I, we could just be, have all different shades of Santa, except like the like cloud white Santa. I'm cool with that. Oh, oh, oh. What did you call me? <laughs> At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause between, or you can find a PDF on our Buy Me a Coffee page. Number one. What's the last thing you cried about? Number two, what do you do when someone starts to cry in front of you? Number three, what are your personal beliefs on crying? Does it change if it's you or someone else who's crying? And number four, do you have different views on crying based on the gender of the person who is crying? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us. 